Hallelujah. Thank you guys so much. Woo! Come on, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad. Come on, this, 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 this church here this morning is better than any funeral parlor in the city. I thought I'd get maybe one or two more amens out of that one. This is better than any hospital. I've been in some nice hospitals, especially down in the United States. They take me around to go pray for the sick, and they take me to the hospital in Ohio one time. I thought, woo, I'm walking into a five-star hotel. I'm serious. I don't know. I like OHIP, but... Mm. Hmm. So good to be with you this morning. A lot of the quotes that I'm going to be speaking out of, because a lot, this book has a lot to do with intimacy. The book has a lot to do with our value that we are doing that. Pastor Kevin, um, part of his life is these 12 values and, and core, core, uh, the core of who we are here at Desert Stream is found in the values that we've been preaching all this year. Now we're on the 11th value and, it's, and we're on the month of intimacy. And so I thought I would just give these books, sow these seeds. So please do not be embarrassed or, or not be a generous receiver this morning. If you want one of my books, please take one. If you don't want one of my books, you know, there's grace for you, mercy for you at the throne room of God. Um, but yeah, a lot of the things that I'm going to be speaking about will, um, are out of that book. But I, I, re, I, re, I really feel that um, before I get into the my message this morning, I'm going to do something really weird. If you've seen me preach a number of times, I'm going to open up the word of God. What, what are you talking about, Barry? Are you crazy? You're in a Christian church. Of course you have to open up the Word of God. No, a lot of times I, 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 I fill myself up with the Word so, so that I'm not reading the Word. I'm decreeing and declaring the Word into your life. But I just wanted to open up the book into 1 John 4, 4, um, 4, the book of 1 John. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Kevin Dowling. Love you, man. I'm so glad you're feeling better. Hallelujah. First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Somebody say, phew-wee. <laughs> wow, I've had to use that a few times. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I just break the spirit of hypocrisy. <laughs> Shame off of you. I need the righteousness of God in Christ. I need an advocate. I don't know about you, but maybe I'm the only one that kind of messes up every once in a while. Maybe that's just me. My proclivities or the frailties of my flesh or the failures that I've gone through in the traumas I've experienced in my life. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one that had traumas. But for me, I'm so thankful for 1 John 1, 9, that he is faithful and just. Say he is the keeper of the covenant. I am a believer 
of the covenant. It was accounted unto Abraham. His righteousness was because of his faith in what God said. Say, I am a Holy Ghost. Sometimes you got to go Pentecostal, Abraham. Sometimes. Holy Ghost. I am a Holy Ghost believer. I believe the word of God right now in Jesus' name. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, a foundation of my life, health to my flesh, strength to my bones. I am what the word says I am. And in this physical and soulless realm, I am becoming everything the word says I can become. His word will not, will not, will not return to him void, but will, but will, but will accomplish what he desired and achieve the purpose for which it was sent. And now, when I decree, when I declare the word of God back to him, he sends his angels to accomplish his word every time, every time in Jesus' name. If you believe that, will you confess? Can you give God a shout of praise? Woo! Everything doesn't work out just to plan. Mm. How many people have ever been offended with God? Don't put up your hand. How many people know that life is not always the way you thought it should be? I preached last Sunday like a house on fire. I won't say this over national programming, but we had to shut the cameras off. I just said it over. I'm not going to tell you where I was. Ha! But it started with Hamilton. Oopsie daisy. Bodies all over the place. Power of God. Monday, I was feeling the, the afterglow of the glory of God on me, having a fantastic day. Tuesday night, we came in here. Did we not have ourselves a time Tuesday night in the presence of God? The 40 of us, or I don't know, 25 or 40, I might get evangelistic, I'm not sure, but there was a number of us that came together and we began to cry out to the Lord. We began to worship him and he came in and Connie Hagerman shared a word from the Lord and prayed it through and we tapped into a vine and, and, and Mark says, you better not miss Sunday. And so we're here. Wednesday was good. Thursday, I got hit with some stuff. Kind of like left field, like I was surreal. Something happened and I'm, I'm like, I'm not feeling myself. I'm not, I, 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 I'm, I'm like caught in something. And I just say, those days come. 
but those days go. The Bible says this too shall pass. You just need to stand on the promises of God that are yes and amen to them that believe. Say, I am a Holy Ghost believer. I believe that the promises of God are yes and amen right now in Jesus' name. The thing is, you just got to stay tapped in. And I'm here to remind you about your righteousness that you did not buy, that you did not purchase, that you did not earn, that you did not deserve. I'm here to remind you that you can't do it on your own. And he designed it that way. Say, I need him and I need you. What does intimacy look like? You can find intimacy in John chapter 15, where he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. You have to be tapped in. Intimacy is about connectivity. Intimacy is about being connected. When you think of intimacy, you almost want to back away from that because that's something that happens between a man and a woman, generally. Intimacy is a lot more about connectivity than it is about that intimacy that you think of when, you're, when you think of that thought. Intimacy is why God created you. He had this, this amazing and has this amazing attribute called love, but he had nobody to share this love with. He had nobody except for him. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all by themselves in a place of nowhere, in a place of no thing. And what, is, what was he doing? He was dreaming about you. Dreaming about somebody that he could be intimately involved with. Somebody that was another speaking spirit just like him. But before I get into that message this morning, I, I, I want to I say to you, Thursdays come and Thursdays go, but Sunday's here. That someday, someday, you will always have that someday. When a Thursday comes, there is a someday when you just get a glimpse of whose you are in Christ Jesus. Intimacy starts with whose you are. Intimacy starts with the fact that you are his and he is yours. I am my beloved's and he is mine. That it doesn't matter what, th what things are being thrown at you. It doesn't matter the traumas that happen. It doesn't matter about the things that happen to you. And your teacher said you'll be nothing but a failure or you'll the most likely to fail. Or, or it doesn't matter the circumstances, the abuse, the hurts, the wounds, all these things. They do not compare with the glory that is being produced specifically because of the evil of that day and the attack of the enemy that's trying to stop you from dreaming the dream that God dreamed for you to live. 
Say, I cannot be stopped if I don't stop. I cannot be stopped if I don't stop. Don't set up your camp and don't get your identity through the circumstantial evidence in that temporary moment that happened to you. Don't allow that to dictate to you. That is not your epitaph. That's not my definition. That's not who I am. I am everything that you guys already quoted. I am everything the word says I am. And I am becoming the integrity gap between who I am and my spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I live in a body and I possess a soul. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. The Bible says that a man does not consist of the things that he possesses. You possess your soul. Your soul does not possess you. You are not the sum total of your education history. Your experiences, you're not the sum total of what people say about you. You're not the sum total of the trauma, the valley. You're not the sum total of the victory. Everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody's looking for a little romance. Everybody's looking to recreate a moment where that endorphin was released that you felt on top of the world. That does not define you. I'm, I'm growing out, my, if I let my hair down, I have a MoFlow. It's no longer a Mohawk, it's a MoFlow because of these curly locks. I'm getting all 80s. So it's like a mallet, it's like a, but it's a MoFlow. But I'm not going back to the 80s. I'm not gonna go back to those moments where, where I, I found something that, that my senses agreed with. I'm not living in that moment where we won the AFSA or the CASA or the, I'm not living in that moment and recreating and getting out with the boys and having a couple of beers and saying, do you remember when? Am I preaching too close to home? Because the older you get, the better you were. And the, wait, wait a minute. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but the older you get, you want to recreate a moment where you felt the best. And you want to escape from the problems, the pains, the bears, the lions, the mountains, the giants. You want to escape through the pressure of the coronavirus. You want to escape from the pressure of the bills. You want to escape and you find a secret place that is not a secret place. That the devil, the enemy of your soul has led so many other people. He, 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 what he does is a, here's a, a tactic of the enemy that he uses time and time again. He gives you a noise. And then he brings a greater noise to try to drown out the lesser noise. And then you get caught up in a cyclical moments of defeat. And I want to say it's time to leave a secret place that has been offered by the enemy and let's run with abandonment to the secret place of the Most High God. 
Intimacy starts in the secret place. The secret place of the most high God. I abide. When, when the hounds of hell are nipping at your heels, you got to run to praise. When the hounds of hell are, are, and the proclivities of your flesh and, and the hereditary curses of your family, and they're tracking you down, they're trying to find, you need to run to the place called the secret place. Run to Sunday, run to a friend, run, run to somebody that has a word, run to, the, run to YouTube and, and don't, just, just don't just page through it. But find a good word of the Lord. Use, use these things that we, that we need. Use these assets that the Lord has given us. God has provided for us a way of escape. Do you want to tell him to take his headphones off? <laughs> there is nothing that can stop you if you run to the place of intimacy. Run to the place, the secret place of the Most High God. If you went out and you got drunk last night, I'm speaking to people on the internet, obviously nobody here. There's too much laughter on that one, so. If you had one too many coolie pops last night, or swing oil. It's an inside joke. You know what you don't do? Don't do this. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I, I blew it again. I blew it again. I'm so sad, sad. And how many know that I know you did that? How many times did you do that? But you know what you should do? Not that that's not bad because, you know, you honestly feel bad. Some feel really bad. I mean, physically. But then there's people that honestly are saying, I, I, I don't even know why I did that, Dad. And, and don't, don't do that. Don't do that knee-jerk reaction. You know what you do? Run to praise. In the middle of what you're feeling in the middle of what you would call sin, in the middle of what you call disobedience, right in the middle of your failure, right in the middle of it, remember this. May, the, may my voice haunt you. That was weird. Anyway, remember this. On your worst day, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you can run boldly into the throne room of grace and obtain what you need in the time of your need. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. We have an advocate with the Father who is 
intimately involved and wants to be more intimately involved in every area of your life. I'm going to read some things to you just for the sake of time. Intimacy, where it all began. You as a human being right now in your current mess, you are the crowning glory of all of his creation. And hopefully I've set the stage that you can receive that word right now because this is where intimacy is. Intimacy is on the, the heights and the peaks, but intimacy, it, when it's really needed, is in the valleys of the shadows of death where, where like Wayne Levy would say, where the, the blood and the guts and the beer are. I don't know why he had that beer in that, but because he was, like, he was like a sailor or something. No, he's an airman. But it's, it's where are you? It's where the rubber meets the road. Intimacy is not when everything is perfect. Intimacy is always. Say, especially when I need him. He's faithful and just and will forgive you of your sins and purify you. See, your spirit is perfect. Your spirit never sinned. Your spirit is seated in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers. Your spirit is a co-heir with Christ. Your spirit is excellent and perfect right now. But your soul, from time to time, as you're being perfected, it needs moments of perfecting. So what does me being the crowning glory of all of his creation have to do with intimacy, everything. To discover the importance of intimacy, we need to go to the source of all intimacy. In the next few moments, I will endeavor to answer the question of why intimacy is, is fundamental and the foundation of our faith, as well as unravel the secret mysteries of all of creation. Just a light message for you, brought to you this morning by Wake Up In Your Dream. As beautiful as the sunset on a Caribbean island or the breathtaking expanse of the Rocky Mountains or even the grandeur of the rainforest in all of its magnificent colors and critters. But none of these things can compare, somebody say, to me. Thank you, three people. Say, none of these things compare to me. Say, I am a generous receiver of the word of the Lord and his promises. The matter of fact is that the Bible says in Psalms chapter 8, verse 4 through 6, what is man that you, are, that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him, yet you have made him a little lower than Elohim and crowned him with glory and majesty you make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Say that was the old covenant. After the fall. Methinks that we gave the enemy too much authority in our lives. I think that we have given the enemy too much authority recognition 
of what happened in the garden. Because he's declaring in Psalms, this is the inerrant word of God, declaring in the Psalms that we are the crown and glory and all of his works are put underneath our feet here on planet earth. Say, who am I that God gives thought of me? Even as awesome as an angel, angels are, and, have, and I've heard that angels are, can be 10 foot tall or bigger, and with flaming swords, and they could wipe out an army with one single swipe of their sword. As awesome as they are, they are not the crowning, the crowning glory or the crown jewel of all of his creation. Somebody say, that's me. Ladies and gentlemen, that is you. You are the one and the pinnacle of all that he dreamed about. In Genesis chapter 21, sorry, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Let us, God said, Elohim, the pluralization of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit said this, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So God created man in his image own image and in the image of God he created him he created them male and female yes before there was a was there was a God who dreamed about you before time began before there was a throne for God to sit upon in heaven before there was an earth to live on and stars to view God dreamed about me and he dreamed about you he dreamed in in detail of who you would be he dreamed this for everybody Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I love this scripture. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, uh, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined before, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Matthew 10, 30 says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I want to talk to you about intimacy today. I want to talk about the precision, the effort, and the imagination that he took to prepare purpose for each and every one of you and I. This is mind-blowing, the precision that every hair on your head is numbered. Some are less time and others had more time. Thank you. Some of you won't get that on the way home. But our Father and our Savior and precious Holy Spirit had no way of expressing the dreams of his heart. He didn't have a way of expressing himself intimately. Where was God before he created the heavens and the earth? Genesis says God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens, not just what you see, but the second and third heaven. Where was he before the palatial palaces in heaven and the throne for him to preside upon? Where was he? He was nowhere in the midst of no thing being God all by himself, secure in himself, complete in himself. But because of the very essence of who he is being, love, 
very essence of his being, love, he longed to share himself with someone, someone exactly like him, so he created you. He created another speaking spirit just like him. He longed to pour out his gift of himself. He longed for intimacy, but still he had no way of expressing the deep longings of his heart. So if we are going to take a proper look and we need to look all the way back to the beginnings of everything, we need to look at the word of God and the word of God in Genesis talks about how he created everything and put, put everything underneath our feet. And in uh, John chapter one, verses one through three, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and nothing was made except it was made by the word. Everything was made by the word. Jesus is the word because John chapter one, verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory of that of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. But we need to go all the way back before Genesis 1-1, before John 1-1. We need to go all the way back before there ever was a chapter, and that is the place called the glory realm of love. God is love, and love is God. He was nowhere in, midst, in the midst of no thing, dreaming of you and longing to share a wonderful source of himself called love. To share this, he had to create a form of communications and he created the word. And the word began to speak forth. And he spoke forth at, a, when he said light be, he spoke forth at 186,282 miles per second. And light started in, invading all of darkness and has not stopped from, for about 6,000 millennia. Why am I sharing this with you today? Because you need to know that he's the source of intimacy that you were created for intimacy. You were created for him to share a life with. Why, why can we not do it on our own? He designed it that way. He designed that we needed, we needed each other. I shared this, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, but in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, David is facing the greatest moment of defeat in his life. He comes back after uh, being rejected by the Philistines to fight for them. Like Bill Johnson says, uh, you know you're having a bad day when the enemy rejects you. He comes back and he finds his village all burnt down to the ground. All of his wives and his children are gone. All of his men's wives and children are gone. They don't, they don't know what to do. They're, they're thrown in a, in a tizzy. And, and they're talking of stoning. See, when, when bad things happen to you, you're shaken to the core. And a lot of times you go back to fishing. You go back to the things that you used to do. You go back to the former training. You go back to that life that you used to live. And you begin to try to solve it. And I just want to say, don't go back when you're trying to go forward. And they're speaking of killing the, the guy that rescued 600 men. And, and, and David doesn't accuse them, doesn't do anything. And David was a, a masterful leader. And, and he just said, he turned aside, he kazaked himself, he strengthened himself. He went, and, he went and spent time with the Lord. When the hounds of hell are nipping at your heels and you're feeling the proclivities of your flesh, the failures of your past, the frailties of your flesh, when you're feeling these things, you need to run to the secret place. And don't be enticed to go to a secret place of, of the choosing of the enemy of your soul. 
say, I'm going to run to the secret place. When troubles come, I run to intimacy. Condemnation will drive you from the throne. Conviction draws you to the throne. If you feel like you can't go to God, you need to know that's the devil. When you feel you can't go to God and you have condemnation and shame, you need to, you need to with grit and with tenacity, you need to turn and run right into the throne room of God. So David, he says, he says this is what we're going to do. The Lord says that we're going to go down and recover all. You know the story as well as I do probably. And so they stop at the river called Basar on the way down to getting their stuff back. The river of Basar is the river of refreshing. 200 men stayed there. Only 400 men went. They went down, they got everything back. And they came back, long story short, and, and, they, and they came back and, and camped. They all camped at the river refreshing for a day of victory. There were shouts, the, the, the singing of the shouts of victory that, that, that the word singing in, in Hebrew is a shout for joy that happens at a, at a moment of great victory. But you do that before you go into battle. And you can do it after you come back from battle and you've won again. And the some of the captains said, you can have your wives and you can have, you can have your children back, but you're not getting any of this stuff. And David said, I'll have none of that. And here's the other part of intimacy. You need God with all your heart, your soul, and your not. You need him. And you need to trust him. And that's the difficulty of the walk that we have is to trust somebody that we can't always see. But secondly, some days you're the 200, like I, w I felt on Thursday. And then some days you're the 400 like I felt last Sunday or even feel right now. But you're always part of the 600. It doesn't matter what you're going through. If you've accepted the blood of Jesus Christ and him as your savior, you'll always be my brother or my sister. And every time you look at somebody, you look at them as somebody I, out on the street as somebody that dad sent his only begotten son into this realm to die for. That's the good news. Say, I am a, a proclaimer of the good news. I'm not a reporter of the bad. Father, th thank you for this morning. Thank you for your intimacy this morning. Thank you for your, your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the throne room of grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you are faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from, from all unrighteousness. If this is you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you don't mind, just give honor to whoever wants to be, have this intimate moment with their father. And you've been, you've been in this place where you, you, you've, me, you've messed up. You, you, you've gotten into an addiction 
Well, you've been shut down. You've tried to escape into another, another area. You, you, you went back to things that you knew you shouldn't. I just want to say there's, a, there's an, a moment right here of mercy and grace. Can you just lift your hand if you need prayer for that this morning? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else this morning? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercies this morning, Lord. And maybe this morning you, you feel that, that you need to make things right with the Lord as well, and you've never had this experience where you've accepted what Jesus did and paid the price for the sins of your past, and you want a new beginning. You want things, you want a new slate. You want to start over. I'm saying there is, like Billy Graham would say, room at the cross for you. So if you, if you would like to, and online, if you want to just ch- put in the chat and we'll get somebody to get back to you or you can inbox me or Pastor Kevin or Pastor Mark or Pastor Mark Henshaw, get in contact with us. But if, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, could you just lift your hand as well? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness today. Thank you for the, these I don't know if there's five or more people that raised their hands this morning, Lord God, to receive you as your Savior this morning. And, and the number of hands that were lifted, Lord God, that wanted to leave, Lord God, they, they, they got caught up, Lord God, in some of the things of the old life, Lord. And I'm asking right now, Father God, for the spirit of reconciliation to come into this room. We need a grace to repent, Lord God. And I'm asking for that grace to repent this morning. And just before I pray this, I understand if you have to leave, please feel free. But if if you could just be really, really um, considerate of what's happening right now. But we we bless you. And and Pastor Kevin will be coming back next Sunday and, and ministering on intimacy as well. But right now, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. And I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over each and every one of us today as we are rededicating a number of us, Lord God, are coming before you and and we're saying, Lord God, we, we understand that you are faithful and you are just and that you will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And Father God, we need the fresh hope and fresh breath of your presence in our lives again. So if everybody, if you could pray this prayer with me, say, Father God, especially if you raised your hand, can you say, Father God, I decree, I decree, I declare the blood of Jesus Christ as the final payment for my life. Father, I've missed the mark. I've sinned. I ran back to some old ways. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need to be long again. Father, forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. 
Holy Spirit, come into my life. Holy Spirit, I decree and declare you, Lord, over my life, every area of my life. Thank you, Father. Give me grace now to allow Holy Spirit to perfect me. In Jesus' mighty name I pray.